0: Welcome back to Love Letters and Mixtapes. I am so glad you're here. This is a weekly podcast with new episodes every Sunday and Monday morning. The inspiration for this podcast was a desire to talk about things that our younger selves needed to hear, whether that was 30 years ago, three years ago, or yesterday, you're listening to a Sunday morning sobriety episode where we explore all aspects of physical and emotional sobriety. It's important to note that I'm not an expert or the final word on this topic. I created this series to share my experience, strength, and hope with anyone on the journey of physical or emotional sobriety. After listening to this episode, please make sure to subscribe on your favorite listening platform. Rate it and review it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Audible. And if you enjoy this episode, please consider sponsoring this podcast with a monthly donation by clicking the link in my Instagram bio, at Love Letters and Mixtapes, or scrolling down to the notes section of this episode. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to others, and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Well, here we are, at the final step in a 12-step program, and they remind us that all the previous steps are the foundation of our spiritual awakening, no matter how humble that awakening may be. And we didn't have to desperately search outside of ourselves, or spend a ton of money, or adopt some trend in order to do that. It wasn't a quick fix. We went through a transformation. And during this transformation, we developed a humble and helpful relationship with ourselves. We did that with a higher power. And now they're inviting us to develop humble and helpful relationships with other people. And thank God they waited until the final step to mention this one, because we had a lot of work to do on ourselves. And while that work will most likely take a lifetime, at least we have a shift in perspective, an attitude adjustment, and a spirit of service that we probably didn't have before. I always felt that the most powerful aspect of the 12 steps is that they can be applied to any problem, any situation, or any relationship in our lives. Like they say in this step, and to practice these principles in all our affairs. If something is unmanageable, we now have a blueprint for how to effectively move through it with boundaries, dignity, and clarity. And the most interesting thing that I've seen in the last 10 years is that we not only get to witness how people move through their struggles, through sobriety, through suffering, through pain, through life challenges, We get to witness how people move through good things, grace, miracles. I didn't know how to do those things. How do I show up for love? How do I show up for a miracle? How do I show up when something amazing happens in my life? I destroy it because it's overwhelming and it's too much. And it's interesting because I do the exact same thing when it's bad news or it's painful or it's something stressful. And through working these steps, we find a new way to show up for our lives, to show up for the good things, to show up for the people who love us, to show up for the people who want to connect with us. We have more to give. We don't have this empty cup that we're pouring from. We actually have something to contribute and we feel comfortable doing it because we've engaged in consistent, esteemable acts. We've built that self-esteem, not in some grandiose ego-based way, but through humility, through consistently showing up for others, for sitting through the absolute cringe pain of having someone show up for us. The most common insult or comeback that I hear from friends who are absolutely suffering in their addictions is that they don't need a 12-step program to get sober. And I completely agree, which generally surprises most people. (laughs) But here's the thing. Let's take AA, Alcoholics Anonymous, for example. If that program was just about alcohol, just about our relationship with alcohol, then why do they only mention the word alcohol once and in the very first step? What are all the other steps about then? That's a really important question to think about, especially if we have some blocks or preconceived notions about something like this. Is AA solely about stopping alcohol consumption? Or is it about something much bigger? Is it about starting something new? That's what I've been doing my very best to shine a light on in this series. These 12 steps are about the body, the mind, and the spirit. They're about you, me, and God. They're all about how we connect. It's about our distorted perception and what we can do about it. Now, when someone says the phrase spiritual awakening, we can think of something grandiose. Some big pop in consciousness that forever changes us and we have light beams flowing out of our eyes. But in my experience, the spiritual awakening is so much more subtle than that. A spiritual awakening can be that moment when you find yourself in a situation you never thought you'd be able to handle, and then suddenly, there you are, handling it with grace, intuitively knowing what to do and how to do it. A spiritual awakening can be not saying every single thought that comes into our minds, and instead, pausing, exercising restraint and patience maybe even some compassion. A spiritual awakening can be automatically shifting towards solution in moments where we used to automatically catastrophize things. A spiritual awakening can be the shock we experience when we find ourselves doing what we said we would do, when we said we would do it, the way we said we would do it, with the people we said we would do it with. Maybe our spiritual awakening is most evident in our relationship with truth. In the past, so many of us would have automatically lied even when the truth would have served us better. So maybe our spiritual experience is the ability to exist in the reality of our experiences without having to numb ourselves or put distance between us and you or us and God. An important message that I want to share here is that We have this spiritual experience not because we decided to finally be good and God looked at us and said, well it's about time, now here's your gold star for improvement. This spiritual experience occurs due to a change in our perception, our willingness, and our receptivity. The spiritual gifts have probably always existed in our lives and we just couldn't or wouldn't see them or maybe we felt unworthy of them, or maybe we felt too good for them. And through working these steps, we finally take our blinders off and we can see them for the first time and feel them in our lives and they feel accessible to us. We have a major shift in perception about ourselves, you, God, the whole world. And it is an expansive and dynamic experience, which means that it doesn't plateau. It's not a one-time thing. It continues throughout our lifetime. This is the step where we really begin to understand the saying, we keep what we have by giving it away. A good friend of mine used to add to that saying, and he would say, we keep what we have by giving it away. And it turns out we have to give it away to even get it in the first place. So what does that mean? Maybe it means that we are just forever in this dance together. To show up before we think we are ready sometimes. To not wait for this perfect version of ourselves. To give what we have, where we are, with what we've got. And to trust that that is enough. You know what can save us from ourselves? From our darkest thoughts or impulses? Working with someone else getting out of self and extending our hand to help others and having a really clear way to do that, a way that is not dependent on our mood or our bad day or the new book we just read. And it's important to talk about this because we can so easily forget that altruism, connection, community, and being part of doesn't make us weak. It means that we are in the stream of life. We used to be ostracized from the pack, right? No one wanted to see us. No one wanted to deal with us. We just made everything difficult. We made everything uncomfortable. And here we are. We're part of the pack. We're in the center of things in a really healthy way. It sort of breaks my heart when I hear people say that they don't want to be a part of a 12-step community because they don't want anyone else to know what they're going through. And I just think to myself of all the times in the last decade when Getting a call from a newcomer or someone needing to talk something out was the thing that saved me. It happened at the right time, and it wasn't because I was seeking it out. It was just there because this is part of my daily life. We can tell ourselves stories about how bad we have it, how nothing is working out for us, how no one is treating us the way that we want to be treated, and one conversation with someone who is trying to get sober gives us a new pair of glasses through which we can view our own lives. Suddenly, we look around and we realize that the life we are living is a life we used to dream about or a life we used to pray for, or that maybe it's not everyone else's fault magically, maybe we had something to do with the difficulties in our relationships and we can finally see that for the first time and we don't have to be punched in the face with reality. We can hear it come through someone else. God or a higher power is talking through the person in front of us and we are seeing something about ourselves. You want an attitude adjustment? You want to see your life through a new lens? Sit with someone who feels as if they can't get sober. Sit with someone who feels like they don't have anyone to talk to. That it's just them in the universe and no one understands them and no one even wants to understand them. And even if they could find the words, they couldn't express them. Listen to them. Really be present. Offer your compassion and your ear and you'll hear yourself in their story. And if you can show up with humility and authenticity, which at this point, hopefully you can, (laughs) they'll trust you. And that trust makes you feel as if you are 10 feet tall and shining. Step 12 is probably where I had the biggest change in my own thinking. And it was a complete shock to me because it was in this step that I realized it was the things that I had always tried to hide from people. The things I was ashamed of. The things I didn't like about myself, the things I told myself that you wouldn't like about me, that you would hate, that you would run from, that you would think were unattractive, the things I thought that no one would want to know about me. It was all of those things that turned out to be what could save someone else's life if I just had the courage and the humility to share it plainly, honestly, and openly from a place of neutrality, not preaching, just showing up and offering who I am and what I have and allowing you to connect with that instead of wearing some mask or trying to be something I'm not or trying to be perfect and not realizing that that pushes you away. And when I show up in my truth, that's what brings you closer. That's a massive spiritual awakening. And I would trust that before I would trust any blinding lights or big highs from an aha moment. The muscle memory that we have developed through this process of working the steps, that is our spiritual awakening. That people like us, who are restless, irritable, and discontent, could drop everything to help a newcomer. Could show up to a stranger's intervention. Could walk someone else through the steps. Still volunteer to be of service. That's all an awakening. And it's waking up to who we were underneath all the junk we threw on top of ourselves. The 12 steps are a program of attraction, not promotion. We lead by example. And we talk to people about this when they are ready. Not when we are in our ego or we are ready to take someone's inventory or we want to tell someone who they are. When the timing is right, if we're living this right, other people will turn to us and ask, How can I get what you've got? This step is about carrying the message, not convincing people, not punching them in the face with self righteousness. Sometimes carrying the message can be as simple as making sure that there's a safe, caring, non judgmental place for people to come to. I have friends, acquaintances, even strangers on Instagram who reach out to me for help and recovery over and over and over again. And my thought is this, there are a million ways to be sober. And if those offer you relief, peace of mind, a safe way of life, I am all for it. There is no one way to do anything. 12-step programs are also not just about sobriety. They're about a continuous recovery and that's something different. This is a journey of the body, mind, and spirit. I keep saying that because I really feel that it's true. And not everyone wants or needs that. And I'm always here when those people reach out because this is my life. This is how I'm living it. It's not to impress anyone. It's not to fix anyone. It's because it's what works for me. And if I can share that and if people continue to have questions, that's beautiful. Like I said, it's attraction, not promotion. Even I was surprised that step 12 would be so transformative in this way. You know, we talk about this in The Promises. Life really does take on new meaning when we watch other people recover, when we see them help others, when we hear them say the things that we said to them. And it's that frequent contact with newcomers and with each other that becomes the bright spot in our lives. So there's an unspoken tradition in Southern California They close most meetings by reading the last few paragraphs of A Vision for You from the big book. And I thought that would be a beautiful way to close out this series on the 12 steps before I offer some questions and journal prompts to end this episode. So here goes. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask God in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the person who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with God is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to God and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. Okay, well, I hope that resonated. I always love hearing that in meetings. Here are some questions to close out this episode. Have you ever been asked to reach out to another person in recovery or who is curious about recovery? If so, describe the situation and what it felt like to you. What kind of approach would you like to have had when you first started your journey in recovery? How can you implement that type of approach in your life to others now? What would you say if someone asked how the 12-step program has worked for you? How do you usually handle conflict? Have you learned any new ways to be more effective in conflict resolution through working the 12 steps? How do you know if you are suited to help another person working a 12-step program? If you could go back in time and speak to the younger version of yourself who is beginning to question their behaviors, what advice would you give them? How can you continue to use that advice in your life now? Until next week, make sure to hit the follow button on your favorite podcast listening platform. You can join me on Instagram and TikTok for daily journal prompts at love letters and mixtapes. And if you enjoyed this episode, please consider making a monthly donation to support this podcast by clicking the link in my Instagram bio or scrolling down to the notes section of this episode.